It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today we have corrections, we have a countdown to kickoff, we have QB tiers, and we have what other whatever other stuff we come up with to talk about. As we got camp. week one news. Jump right in. Week one we, news, we I just saw this. News. We also have camp opening in less than a week. Before we get no. into the week one news, Joe, go find the podcast on the Himalaya podcast app, Spotify iTunes, Google Podcasts, and today's episode is brought to you in part by Blue Chew. Joe, what's our week one news? You're very excited. I was, because I just was reading it. As I, I pull up Twitter and uh, open the search function to look for our first player we're going to talk about on the countdown to kickoff, and instead the top news story on based on my interest was that Jerron Reed, the defensive tackle, second year, I believe, defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, is suspended for six games, which means the Bengals will not see him in week one. What did he do? Uh, I have to go back, but uh, I, it's, I thought it said performance enhancing. Oh, no, it says incident. I'm sorry. It says NFL. Yeah, it says suspended by the NFL for 2017 incident. Conduct <laughs> policy, 2017 yeah. incident, no arrest. Not charged with a crime, not convicted yeah. of a crime. Meanwhile, the, the outrage today on Twitter is Tyree Kill was charged with a crime and is walking off scot-free. Huh. That's so. interesting. Very, very. But, I mean, the Bengals won't face him, and he had a decent rookie year. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yep. So, so maybe the run game can get off the ground. I mean, there's still a Bobby Wagner and a KJ Wright to contend oh, yeah. with, but uh, sure. Anytime you can take a starter off the off the depth chart, though, I'll take it. It's sure, yeah, great. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Jerron Reed not out there should be better for the run game, but Seattle's defense in Seattle, it's going to be tough. Yeah, but if it was like, uh, hey, Andrew Billings won't play Week One, would you be like, ah, that stinks? I mean, it'd be a bit of a downer, but it's like, okay. Whatever. Right. I mean, it's not like it's like uh, Aaron Donald can't play week one. Sure. You can change your game plan a little bit. Uh, Jerron Reed was good, but he's not that guy. I was only excited because it's actual news that will impact the week one game. We're that, they were that close. People are putting getting yeah. placed on the PUP list, physically yep. unable to perform list. Hopkins I mean, is, and J.J. Watt. We're there. Yeah. We're there, man. A week, a week away. Speaking of training camp starting on Saturday, we are going to have a small change to our regularly scheduled programming this week. We are going to skip recording on Thursday. So we will not be doing a mailbag recording on Thursday for Friday publication or Thursday night publication, but we will be recording Saturday following training camp and Sunday following training camp. And if anything big happens, we'll throw something together and give you our take on Thursday, Friday, if, if, you know, 
the Bengals trade for Trent no. Williams. No, if they extend AJ Green, right? I was shooting for the moon I mean, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I, see, at first when you said traded, I started saying no because I thought you were gonna say like they traded a player. No, four like four tank tackle. mode. <laughs> right. Please trade for a tackle. Everyone always says Trent bucks. But if they send like Jeremy Parnell in free agency, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. We won't do a podcast for that, but we would definitely talk about it the next day. We would we would talk about it because they're gonna have to sign a tackle at some point, and they have to. I'm I'm ready to talk about whoever that is whenever they do it. Donald as long Penn. as it's not Andre Smith. If it's Andre Smith, we're gonna say they signed Andre Smith. Let's move on. If they sign Andre Smith, it is a big blow to my hopes of things actually changing. Oh yeah, big time. So uh, we got uh, some corrections to make, Joe. Yesterday we hey, talked about nice. a bunch of records that might fall in 2019. And I was doing this based off of the Bengals.com record book. Turns out the Bengals.com record book did not include the 2018 season. Thanks to Bengals Talk for correcting me on that one. So instead, Pro Football Reference has our answers. And looking at the numbers, Andy Dalton to catch Ken Anderson for yards. He needs 4,739 yards. I don't think that's Still, happening this year. No, that's a little out of reach. However, he only needs 10 touchdown passes to get to number one all time. He passed Boomer Siason last year, so 10 more touchdowns, and he's number one in Bengals history. Man, that could happen pretty early. It could. Uh, also noteworthy, Andy Dalton, I presume, in 2018, set the franchise record for game-winning drives at 24. Okay. Ken Anderson only had 14 game-winning drives in his career. Maybe they don't count these properly, but only 14. We looked at this before. We did, I know. But maybe like in the 70s, they didn't know how to ca- calculate this right. Maybe. Uh, let's see. He's but still they're also point... so good. Maybe if you're so good, you don't have those situations as much. Could be, yeah. Could be, good point. He's also still just 0.6% behind Palmer for completion percentage. And I believe for actual starting quarterbacks, he has the highest passer rating in Bengals history at this point. This doesn't include AJ McCarron, who's actually higher in his three <laughs> games started, or Neil O'Donnell, who also right. was higher. He had a 90.2 QB rating in 1998 when the Bengals were 2-9. and nine. What's Dalton, 89.1 in that range? 88.8. Yeah, okay. Nailed it. Nailed it. Close enough. On to rushing. There's nothing. Receiving. A.J. Green still a ways behind Johnson for yards, but only three touchdowns behind. So he should get the receiving touchdown record this year. Receiving or just overall touchdowns? Receiving touchdowns. He could get overall touchdowns. He needs eight. Gotcha. But he is now tied with Carl Pickens for second for receiving touchdowns all time and is... Still probably 2,000 yards or so behind Chad Johnson. A little bit less than 2,000 yards behind Chad Johnson. Hmm. And 150 catches. Interesting. So that's not going to happen. Not this year, but if they extend him, then in two years you would expect him to have probably both of those. And if he wasn't injured already twice out of the last four years, he would have already be right on the doorstep probably of those. Yeah. If he hadn't been injured, he would probably be looking at getting there this year. 
The yeah, other he's one probably that, 1,200 yards lost, I'd say, out of those games, yeah, right? He yeah, was on a least. tear each season. Yeah. Uh, the other one that there's a couple others that need correcting. Kevin Huber already holds the punting yards and number of punts records. He is the franchise oh, leader man. in those categories. He also has Good old Kevin Huber. only the third most amount of games for a punter. Or sorry, second most amount of games for a punter. He has played 11 less games for the Bengals than Lee Johnson did from 1988 to 1998. And he's punted more. Hmm. Interesting. So that's, that's not great. Remember when he broke his jaw? Sure do. Am I right? Yeah, that, was, that wasn't great. Fuck the Steelers. Very much. Very much. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, the only correction to make is that Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins are at 72 and a half and 71 sacks apiece. Still behind Eddie Edwards. But uh, both have a chance at it. Because when we weren't recording, and you told me this yesterday, I said, what is uh, Gino behind one and a half? And you're like, oh, no, three and a half. And I should have known there that we were looking at the wrong numbers. That, that could have been the tip. Could have been the tip. So that's it. Just the tip. Force fumbles. Carlos Dunlap, 18, leads Bengals franchise history, in case you didn't know that one. How long do you think they've been keeping that record or stat? I don't know. Definitely longer than sacks, I, th- I think. Oh, yeah, because Sachs was 80s? Late 70s, 70s, I want to say. Okay. Uh, guess who has the most fumbles recovered in Bengals history? Recovered, huh? Is it a current player? No. Okay, then I have no idea. Oh, it's got to be a quarterback. Yeah. It is. It's Carson Palmer. Boomer Sison. 32. Boomer Sison. Nine yeah. more than the next on the list, which is Reggie Williams of 23. See, that's impressive for Reggie Williams. Yeah, it is. Uh, he has zero force fumbles, so Reggie Williams was before they started recording it, I assume. Yeah, it's got to be. Although he played until 1989, so who knows actually when they started recording it. Must be more recent. Uh, Ken Riley, in addition to his 65 interceptions, 18 fumble recoveries. That's pretty amazing. It's crazy. That's a lot of turnovers. So many. He had a nose right. for the ball, didn't he? He, he? he definitely did. He wanted the ball in his hands, and he got the ball in his hands. Oh. We also got a correction on the uh, Ken Riley thing. So he, he made an all-pro and never made the Pro Bowl, right? According to Pro Football Reference. Right, and I think that's widely known. But uh, Darius Leonard last year was an all-pro linebacker, rookie of the year. Did not make the Pro Bowl. He was an all-pro? Yeah. First team all-pro? Uh, I believe so, but he was an all-pro. Because Ken Riley was a first team all-pro specifically. Well, then let's Google Darius Leonard on this. Uh, Google machine we got right in front of us. I love the Google machine. He was, in fact, a first-team All-Pro. That's nuts. Amazing, right? They had two first-team All-Pros. Who's the other one? Luck? No. No. Quentin Nelson. They're two in, the, in their draft. Pretty wild to get two rookie All-Pros in one draft. I was kind of hoping, I think we actually thought about this for a minute, that maybe if the Bengals had a turnaround in, in terms of hiring the right coach, as the Colts did, and also just nailed their draft, as unlikely as it is that they, you know, Jonah Williams was their Quentin Nelson and then Jermaine Pratt was their Darius Leonard, that how much different would this team be? Well, now I just now that we're talking about it again, Jonah Williams obviously doesn't have a chance to do that. It would have to be Drew Sample and Jermaine Pratt. Drew Sample's got to be George Kittle. Right now. Right now. Right. Because <laughs> we've mentioned how many times that rookie tight ends normally don't make that type of impact. Imagine, though. 
Imagine. Oh, I can imagine a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe, let's take a quick break and get back into our countdown to kickoff. We got Moritz Boeinger and Deshaun Davis today. The official countdown clock. Let's see what it says. Got to say 47 or 46. 48 today. Okay, I'm, I'm in a time machine. Joe's in a time machine. We're going to catch up on the countdown to kickoff right after this. And welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We are continuing our ta- countdown to kickoff. Uh, we did a bunch of linebackers yesterday. We will get one today, but we're making a weird stop for a... I don't even know what position to say. I, he was drafted as a wide receiver. The Bengals list him as a tight end. He's wearing a number in the 40s, and it's the ugliest number, probably in the top in the top 100 of 100 of the available 1 through 99, 0 through 99 if you can. Um, number 49 is ugly. Maurice Boehringer. It's a number I expect like a fullback to wear. Not even. You're not making the roster wearing 49. Mm. He's got no chance. He's never made the roster. Yeah, but he has no shot. And he and he has – here's the thing, too, we should actually say. He's an international player, if you don't know this. And he doesn't uh, count player, as a roster spot, so he's exactly, got to make the roster. Exactly what I was getting to. By default, uh, yeah. <laughs> the first European player ever drafted, I believe, straight out of Europe. And in the sixth round in 2016, I think, um, after three, year, three years of playing organized football so he's extremely raw i think he's only 25 years old still he was young when drafted uh he as part of the international program path to the field or path to whatever it's called path to football they uh they he doesn't count as a roster spot so they can put him on the practice squad they're granted an 11th spot with him they've done this last year uh the vikings took advantage of this too and so he'll make the roster i just don't at 6'4 230 super freak athlete maybe eventually he'll get it and can help i don't know it would be surprising but he was a six-round pick i mean i guess that's worth acknowledging he was picked by the vikings like you said was on and off the practice squad he actually was signed to the active roster but not during the regular season so he's just he's an international player pathway participant that's That's official name looking for yeah yeah yeah, he's a practice squad guy. He will likely be a practice squad guy again. I don't know how long they get the free roster spot right. for him. Right, because after you live in the States for, what, five years? Or they're just like, no, you don't count anymore. I don't know what it is. He did play preseason games for the Vikings. I don't know if he played preseason games for the Bengals. He did. Yeah, played an all four preseason game, caught two passes for eight yards. Oh, there he is. Maurice. Made it to final roster cuts because he doesn't count for a roster spot. Right. Just get, throw him out there, get him banged around during practice. According to Bengals.com, he was inspired to play football by watching highlight film of Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I could do that. I'm inspired a, too. He's a professional soccer player, so he was giant for a soccer player. He's listed at 6'5", 250, which for soccer is is probably like the biggest player in the world. And super athletic for that, too. Do we have, like, combine numbers for him or something? Oh, yeah. You don't know his combine numbers? No. They're famously ridiculous. All right, I'll find um, them. Okay, I was going to say I can scroll up. I got them right here. Or do you want to look for them on yours there? I've got his RAS at an all-time 9.99. He ran a 4.43. He had a 39-inch vert, which is 91st percentile. He had a 10-foot, 11-inch broad, 
which yeah. is 97th percentile. He had a 4.1 second shuttle, which is 82nd percentile, and a 6.65 three cone, which is 95th percentile. And if you moved him to tight end, I bet you it'd be even crazier. I feel like everything would be broken. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm uh, doing it right now. Yeah, that's silly. He's like 95 to 99 percentile on everything. It's three cone, 99 percentile. 99 percent three cone, 99 percent 40, 99 percent broad, 98 percent vert. But his bench and his weight go way down because he ran it at 227. Although he's listed at six two 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 fifty right now, I, I yeah can't imagine he's two fifty. Well, maybe he is. He's been labeled as a tight end now. Maybe they said pack on the weight, and you maybe got a chance to play. But he's also six four and a half. So I mean, yeah, those numbers are pretty, uh, pretty stupid. One of his comparables are Noah Fant, and here we go. Comparables: Evan Ingram, Noah Fant. Uh, that's pretty good. T.J. Hawkinson, Kellen Winslow, George Kittle, Jared Cook. There's our George Kittle. We found him. There he is. Morris Boinger, George Kittle, 2019. Let's go. Drew Sample to tackle, Maurice Burner to tight end, Prosper. Problem solved. That's probably it for Maurice Boinger. That's it. I wonder if any of our international people, um, Bengals fans that listen, are actively rooting for Maurice Boinger or they don't care. If they're Let Germans, the Germans. Well, I wonder. I wonder even if you know they accept him as a European. I don't know how European nationalism works. Right. I'm sure someone can tell us. He did graduate from his university. He is a mechanical engineer. Smart guy. On on Bengals.com, it says college, unknown. He's the only player that says unknown. He went to University Aalen or something. I don't know how to speak German, but uh, A-A-L-E-N. So it's just not in the database because it's German. So Next like player. Allen, but with two A's. Maybe. Hard to say. Next player? Sure. Deshaun Davis. Rookie. Another six-round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Jordan Brown was seventh. He was. He is a linebacker. He is not said to be fast. He is a first-team all-SEC linebacker as a senior. Yeah, I was going to say that because he led the team in tackles and tackles for loss. I mean, to be all first first team SEC linebackers, pretty impressive. It's just a little redundant. His strengths are redundant yeah. with uh, with with Jermaine Pratt to some degree. He's not nearly the athlete that Jermaine Pratt is, where Jermaine Pratt is better than average athlete, and right. Sean Davis is more in the Vontez Perfect mold of athleticism or the Tavon Coney mold of athleticism, 2.65 relative athletic score, 26th percentile athlete for linebacker. And that includes being undersized. So not only is he relatively slow, he ran a 4.77, which is actually pretty average. Uh, agility, again, below average. But but he's also 5.11 and 234. Hmm. So... Slightly undersized, slightly less athletic than we'd like. But, I mean, a six-rounder, we're looking for a special teams player, as someone who could battle some of these other guys we've talked about as a as the last linebacker, maybe. He's not guaranteed a roster spot, right? 
I think he's not close to guaranteed a roster spot. Right. Okay. So he's, I mean, as a sixth rounder, you're, there's no much, there's not much of a difference between the undrafted guys they bring in. The Bengals reportedly really liked his tape. He's graded great as a run defender, run stopper. Um, I, I don't have a ton else to say about him. I right. don't want to see Deshaun Davis in coverage. His best case outcome is probably something like Preston Brown. I remember Willie Anderson was really happy the Bengals took him. Willie Anderson, the Auburn guy. Yeah, and he said, this guy will succeed, yada, yada. You know, this, the, if you personally know him, I guess you're rooting for him for those reasons, But as you would, but uh, apparently he's a good guy, has all the right intangibles. Yeah, said to be a very hard worker. Was he a captain? Let's find out. Yeah, to be. He was a three-year starter, went to the Senior Bowl, he the can't Auburn be a three-year website starter. doesn't indicate that he's necessarily. Well, maybe every team doesn't have captains like that. Yeah. Let's see. Missed his high school senior year with a knee injury, going way back for for an injury history. I think he was pretty healthy throughout college. Started every game, it looks like, his last three years at Auburn. So that's pretty good. Also, um, this past weekend, he hosted a back-to-school event in Mobile, which was like a um, – they ran through drills, and kids you know, were able to catch footballs and jump through pads and yada, yada. Back-to-school in July? Well, I just think it's early, but – no, they have been down south. They go to school in August, man, don't they? I don't know. That's so early. It's early to us. But I yeah. think down south, yeah, they start early and they get out early. All right. When we're still going in June, people are asking me what's going on. Yeah, that's late. Well, that's because we get two weeks off in spring and, and winter. Oh, you get the extra week. Yeah. All right. So they add two weeks on to the end. All right. Let's see. Anything else we got on Deshaun Davis here? He was a number 14 linebacker as a recruit out of high school. He tweets a lot if you want does to follow he? him. Okay. He does. As I put his name in here, it's Darius Deshaun Davis. I believe that's him. It's got to be him. Must that's be. not him. That's not him. Not him. That's not him. <laughs> Deshaun Davis. There he you is. have me so convinced. Point. Yeah, I know. It was there were two guys there. It was at underscore Davis underscore underscore boy twelve. So Davis boy twelve. Okay. He's also a basketball and baseball letterman. Yeah. So I th- I think for Deshaun Davis, you hope that he's like a mental all star. The same way Perfect was a mental all-star and made it work. You hope that his strength translates to the field. You hope that he plays faster and it plays looser than he tested. But I think he has an uphill road. You know, I just I just hope he makes the roster and has the chance to, uh, you know, contribute in some way. Because I think the next guy, we were not talking about him today, I guess to lead into the next time, number 47, Chris Worley, is kind of who I think he's competing with. Maybe Hardy Nickerson too, as maybe that last guy that's a special yeah. teams guy that could give you minutes on the inside if you need it. Are, are multiple of these guys going to make the team? I'd have to sit down and like look at it because you would think that Vigil, Preston Brown, and Pratt are locks, that's right? Three. Yeah, three, you would say locks. More, right? I would say Jordan Evans is the next Likely. closest to being a lock. Yeah. Um, and then I would hope Malik, Malik Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Right. I would hope they're not cutting him one year later. Uh, so you give him another one. That's five. 
Now, do you keep six or seven? It depends on their special team's ability, but it's going to come down to Hardy Nickerson, Deshaun Davis, Chris Worley. I mean, anyone else that steps up, Sterling Sheffield, other guys we've talked about on this list, uh, if any of them show that they can be more worthy than a fourth tight end or, or fourth running back, then that's their chance. Yep. So that will probably wrap up our countdown to kickoff series today. We're going to come back in the third segment and 50 some odd personnel and coach executive types in the NFL were asked to give a tier to quarterbacks in the NFL. We have Andy Dalton's rank there to discuss and maybe some of the other odd ones in the rankings in the third segment today after this quick break. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. And we are back for Tier 3 of the Locked On Bengals podcast today. Jake, if I asked you before this, before seeing this this ranking and listing from The Athletic, Mike Sando, who just signed on, I, I believe this is one of his first pieces, probably the second one uh, after his introduction, but where would you put Andy Dalton out of four tiers? See, if there was a fifth tier, I think everyone would say right in the middle, three. But being four, it kind of makes there you want five. to. Oh, there is. Then I'm, yeah. I'm crazy over here. Then yeah, there, there were no starters that received a majority of their votes in the fifth tier, but there are five uh, tiers. I see. So that's, yeah, that's for the, the backup, like developmental unknown type, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, so if I, if there were five tiers here, I think everyone would say the same thing, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. would say tier three. I'm just going to read the criteria for each tier to see if, okay, you do that. So yes. tier one quarterback that can carry his team each week, the team wins because of him expertly handles pure passing situations. Right, you would not say that. You would not say that for Andy Dalton. Tier 2. Tier 2 quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above Tier 3. He has a hole or two in his game. I think some Bengals fans may read that and say you can put him in there, hole or two in his game, but I think that that would be the Logie B 513s putting him in Tier 2 where there'd be very few uh, that would agree that there's just a couple holes in his game. I I think I agree with you there. Tier 3 quarterback is a legitimate starter but needs a heavier running game and or defense to win. A lower volume passing offense makes his job easier. See, I 
the description I don't fully agree with because I do think I don't you know I don't it, it's only until recently where Dalton's been good under center off play action with a running game sure defense helps always but I think you load up in weapons for him and pass protection and allow him to be in a rhythm and you know throw it 30 times a game are some of his best performances so uh, I, I don't agree completely with the with the description. They limit the description to about a sentence. Right. When you read the actual bit on Dalton specifically, they talk more about surrounding it. him with skill players. Yes. So if you take out running game and substitute defense and or surround him with talent. Premium talent, I'd say, yeah. Th- then it makes sense. A tier four, just so we talk about tier four as well, is an unproven player with some upside or a veteran who is best suited as a backup. And, and there's very few a starter. He's proven that he's a starter in the NFL. He's won too much and given he's had some talent around him, but he started to show, especially last year, starting to show some of those improvements. I think he's shown too much for me to consider him really a backup unless he's backing up one of the guys in tier one. Exactly. I would say he's not a backup. I would say if anything, uh, he's too close to those guys that are considered very good backups yeah. to make me feel comfortable. Where I, I think he's definitely above those guys, but not to the point of that's not his in his future. I think that that could be definitely in his future in, in a few years. Yeah. So some of the guys in this backup category are Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Case Keenum, Josh Rosen. So some young guys: Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen in this in this bucket. But for the backups, is Fitzpatrick and Case Keenum. Yeah, and I think yes, he's very close to those guys uncomfortably close for some Bengals fans a, a little bit closer than you you want him to be sometimes those guys will outplay him but other times other times Dalton you know will occasionally put up tier two and and this the the rare tier one performance oh yeah he'll have those performances but he'll also have those tier four four performances yeah. Yeah. it's just the the variance of and the frequency of the variance right mm-hmm it's an interesting piece because there are quotes directly from coaches, from personnel guys. One head coach compared Dalton to a streak shooter in basketball. Uh, another offensive coordinator thinks he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, citing you know decent, not-great athleticism, good, not-great arm. But in the right scheme, and you build it up around him, he's not lacking anything, according to this offensive coordinator, which all makes sense. He He... Doesn't have anything where you're like, you know what? That really prevents is holding him them back from yeah. being able to win games. Occasionally, you'll say the post snap misdirection is a sure. problem for him. Well, you can pressure. mitigate that. Yeah, but he's taken some steps to improve in that area. And otherwise, yeah, with Zach Taylor coming in with the pre snap movement and some of the disguises that they'll have, that should mitigate some of those factors. Right. I love the quote here from a defensive coordinator. He says, "Quote." He, as an Andy Dalton, is a tier three, 365 days a year. Not bad, just is what he is. I don't love that quote, because he's not. I agree more with the fact that he's streaky. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think, yes, but if you were to place labels on these guys for, and I I wish, talking about Madden a little bit, and maybe PFF grades, I'd love to see, that's why I like to look at the chart on PFF, where it shows the, the year, and week by week, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And it was sort of like 90, then 82, 88, yep. 65. So you can see the high-level flow of what he can be and what he is sometimes on bad days. But how often does he actually hit those? Because you may get an average sometimes of an 80 
Yep. What if he never like a quarterback rating does this? He can have an average quarterback rating of eighty eight. But if you go check Andy Dalton, how often he actually is an eighty eight game? He has more hundred games than eighty eight games. He has more seventy games than eighty eight games. It's just that he's hitting those top and bottom, and the average comes out to be career of eighty eight. Yeah, exactly. The P- PFF dubbed it the Dalton coaster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he he ranks overall tied for twenty second in this list, in his quarterback rankings. And, and that's calculating the average tier of his right. ratings. So he's he's right there with he, – who's he tied with? He's tied with Jameis, Jameis Winston, yeah. just behind Joe Flacco, which I think is, is wrong. But He's but better than Flacco. Executives and coaches, I guess, are still stuck on the fact that he got hot that one time and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I think if you were to ask these executives and coaches – who would you rather have, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, or Jameis Winston? I would not be surprised if Andy Dalton ended up being number one of those three. Yeah. I just think that when you do this as a tier kind of system and, and assign points based on yeah. it and let the numbers fall as they are, you get some random outcomes. Yeah. Just behind Derek Carr as well, just behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And Nick Foles was another surprising one for me to put ahead of Andy Dalton. Nick Foles is a guy that's been mostly a backup but he won a Super Bowl, so I think there's some some trends here where there is a lot of value placed on winning a Super Bowl. Twenty fourth is Eli Manning, who's won two Super Bowls, but obviously at the end of his career, he's pretty clearly washed. Yeah, yeah. Mitch Trubisky at twenty five. I'm just going to go through the next couple here. Marcus Mariota at twenty six. I think uh, Mariota is one of these guys, and if Trubisky is right there, I'm just trying to see who could pass Dalton. Some of these young guys, I don't think Eli's going to pass Dalton. I, I think, if anything, Flacco's going to fall behind Dalton. Winston could easily, with Bruce Arians at the helm. I mean, Bruce Arians has helped every quarterback he's coached. Mariota, Trubisky, these guys could all surpass Dalton this year. Yeah, and Josh Allen. Sure, if yeah. There's, he, I mean, it's a high-range outcome. All these guys. Sam Darnold. I mean, everyone oh, that's Darnold, in this. Yeah. yeah, Lamar Jackson could even. I mean, he beat Lamar Jackson did beat them last year. But, yeah, there's a few guys back here that I could easily see surpassing Dalton people also weirdly love Kirk Cousins he got 16 tier 2 votes and 39 tier 3 votes whereas Dalton only got one tier 2 tier 2 vote and Kirk Cousins I mean I guess for a few years now people have thought he's better than Dalton and I just think he's another he's they're they're very similar players one other quarterbacks coach uh, did you say this he says quote I was surprised how solid he seemed when I watched him last year yeah that was nice yeah, because I agree. I think we both have said that from an evaluation perspective, he was really good. You talk about the tiers, though, in the votes. Dalton getting 51 out of a possible 55 total votes, 51 of them landing in Tier 3, where everyone was like, hit the button, Tier 3, he's Tier 3 guy. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody got more Tier 3 votes than Andy Dalton, and it's not very close, Mike Sandow says. Yeah. yeah. One, one vote for Tier 2. Three votes for Tier 4. So more people thought he was Tier 4. We talked about this before when we uh, before we recorded. I mean, I, I don't. I guess there's not much stock in the, into that one guy. Maybe it was a Bengals guy saying he's a Tier Jaylen 2 guy. Ramsey. Yeah, <laughs> saying he's Tier 2. <laughs> <laughs> to be a jerk. But, uh, but And then there's only three votes for Tier 4. What, what stands out to me is that Tier 3, you're probably not actively replacing those guys. You're not saying... We have to go out and get a quarterback. You're saying if there's one there, we'll, we'll probably entertain it. But you're not out there cutting tier three. Well, but think, think about it, think about some of these other guys in tier three that you would actively try to replace. 
You would Joe actively Flacco. you'd actively try to replace Joe Flacco. You'd actively try to replace Eli Manning. You might be yeah. actively trying to replace Marcus Mariota at this point. I wouldn't be for Mariota. I think is I think evaluation wise, he definitely gets another year for me. Fifth I'm surprised year? he's down this. Him five down years? I think you have to based on what he's shown so far. Right. If he stays healthy, I think Mariota could definitely take a jump if the, in a right offense. A GM quote on Mariota said, I think they're looking for a guy next year. He can't stay healthy. I still question him in the pocket. He's a little disappointing. Another GM said he was concerned for Mariota's career at this point, even though Mariota has more starts than Jameis Winston. One fewer start than Roethlisberger did. Uh, in the same time? Since he came into the league in 2015. Ah. Hmm. Yeah, one said he's he is like Lamar Jackson to me. This is from a secondary coach. The guy could be good if they had a really good defense and they run the ball. If one of those components is not there and he has to start throwing the ball, he can't. Yeah. And that's the same tier as this tier three? Jeez. This is the bottom of tier three. Still. I mean, to be, you know, you're not too far from those guys. It's pretty far from those guys. Okay. By the average. Actually, yeah, no, it's very close. It's very close. I take it back. It's just interesting because you read the quotes on Dalton. Yeah. And, and it's and like they, they want to like read more. much more positive. I think with Mariota, it's like an upside thing. Like there's still a chance. Right. And people don't think Dalton has the upside anymore. Right. The one quote said he is what he is. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I think so. I'd like to see what people say in the industry. It's it's interesting to read about, and it pretty much aligns with our worldview too. I, I wish it shocked us, but it pretty much aligns with our 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 take on quarterback tiers. I wish it shocked us also, but I wonder how the Bengals look at it and what they would say about this. You they know, might I want to know like a two and a half, right or two. They might see him the same as the Rams see Goff, and Goff is solidly exactly. a two in these ratings. And that's what I wonder. If they were like, oh, in 2015, he was a one. I wouldn't say that. He wasn't a one. He was a two in 2015. Uh, oh. A high two. Yeah, okay. Look at the other guys that are in high two. I mean, they've had 2015-type seasons. We were talking about an MVP for Dalton in 2015. We were talking, but he definitely wasn't winning it. We were just saying, yeah, he should be in the conversation. I think there was a point when he might have been near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, but he was never at the top. 2015 Maybe. had some... Had some seasons, and I, I remember he was he was clearly behind those guys, and but he was in the conversation. If you were doing five, Dalton was four or five, which is fine and and great because we don't get that opportunity to even talk about a Bengals quarterback being in a top five for MVP discussion. So we were more than happy with it, but uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't winning MVP even if had he finished he would have had to finish the year on a fucking tear where they get the number one seed. Yeah. Yep. Don't disagree with that. Ben Roethlisberger is an interesting inclusion in number one at this point in his career. When you start yeah. to read some of the quotes about him, you know, people talk about his He's interception done. issues, his inability to read the defense. The question is to whether there's enough around him at this point in his career. And Russell Wilson, hardly in the first tier. Yeah, that's I would, weird. I would have him higher. I would too. I'd slam Russell Wilson as an elite quarterback. Boom. Give me that. Yeah. Tier one. I'd be one of those 29 votes for tier one. Matt Stafford also solidly in tier two. I think that is interesting because I think there's a lot of variance to his game. I did too. Uh, Deshaun Watson, solidly a tier two quarterback. He has some upside. Jared Goff, though, is tied with Deshaun Watson in tier two. Yeah. And I think Deshaun Watson excites me a lot more than Jared Goff. Is there anyone in tier two you would take Dalton over? No. Me either. 
And I think the closest one is Stafford. The closest think, one is Stafford. I'd have Stafford at the bottom of Tier 2. I probably wouldn't have him. I'd probably have him at the top of Tier 3. Yeah. I think Stafford, because Cam Newton's in Tier 3. Right. Exactly. Number 15 overall quarterback starts Tier 3 here. I'd have Stafford with Cam. I would have Cam in Tier 2. Sure. Swap those, right? Put yeah. Stafford at the top of Tier 3, Cam at the bottom of Tier 2. I feel with the other guys that. that I read. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Is there anyone... So basically the guys we're taking Dalton over for sure that's in Tier 3 are... Are we taking him over Nick Foles and Jimmy G? Uh, yes. Yes, because I, I, definitely over Foles, I think. Okay, I was going to say definitely over Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, then we agree. Because I okay. think Foles is, is just so high variance. I have no idea what you're getting with Nick Foles. And that's Garoppolo, fair. the reason I, I hesitate there is because he might be a franchise QB. And I don't think he, Foles is. He might be, but I, we haven't seen it nearly enough. He's been on with the Patriots and then with Kyle Shannon, and Shannon, who I think gets tremendous production out of quarterbacks no matter what. Yeah. Was it Mullins out there last year? So I don't even know what Jimmy G is. Well, I don't really want either of them. I hear you. And I would, I, you know, I don't want Derek Carr over Dalton. I'm not going to fight for no. either one of those. I don't say I'm not going to fight any of these guys. If no. someone said they wanted them over them, I'm okay, fine. Cam. Yeah, Cam. I, I'm taking Cam over Dalton. Yeah, but I'm taking Dalton over Flacco. Yeah, and I'm taking so and that's and so Eli. one for sure. I'm taking him over, but he's already ranked over Eli. Oh, okay. I was just thinking of the guys yeah, ranked yeah. above him. For sure, saying. I'm taking him over Flacco. The other ones, I don't. I'm not. You know, honestly, I wouldn't argue it. Yeah, I guess so. He uh, he could show this year just like he did last year that he's taken some steps forward in some of those areas, and it could he could go up a little bit. He he could get himself into tier two. I think so. Based on who's there, he can get himself to the high tier three for sure. High tier three for sure, yeah. I wonder where he was after 2015, going into 2016. If he was, if he would have gotten more votes, because he got 51 for tier three. So would it have been 30 for tier three instead, and you get 20 tier two votes? I think it might have been a little bit better after 2015. Oh, yeah, really? You think even more than that? You mean like 30 for Tier 2 and 25 for Tier 2? I think two? after 2015, he was a lot like Matt Ryan. He would have been in that Tier 2 conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause Ryan, but Ryan just put his second good season on the board. And Ryan's Tier 2. Yeah. I think I think they're in that same conversation after 2015. Yeah, that's fair. And I think if Dalton puts another similar season in 2015, maybe he's up there with Ryan after that. Sure. Maybe. But there's also like a huge stigma around Andy Dalton now. There, that he is what he is. It's it's incredible the amount of of. I don't even know what the word is, narrative around Andy Dalton for a guy that sh- like is relatively as irrelevant as he is because I think it's mostly because like zero and five in the playoffs that yeah. he become a top zero four, zero and four. He missed one game, right? But yeah, yeah, uh, right. I do think that's definitely what it is. You got to think when people around the league have watched him the most, prime time and playoffs, right? Yeah, he you know so the narrative is kind of written based on that, yeah. which is unfair because it's a handful of games out of his career. But I mean, those are the games we want him to look his best. Yep. So that's probably enough Dalton talk for today. We'll be back tomorrow. We're getting ready for training camp. We're gearing up. Hopefully the Bengals don't put anybody on PUP. We've seen that happening around the league. Let's get into camp healthy. We've already had a retirement and an IR. What are you yeah. hoping to see out of camp? Someone with a mustache. Mustache. Yeah. Definitely mustache. 
That'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We will be back tomorrow, Bengals fans. Go find the podcast on Himalaya, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one.